This is the best time, right. singular best time in our nation's history to ever think about financing debt with respect to property or any financing of debt. These yeah. are the lowest interest rates that we have ever had, ever. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? All right, welcome to Expertish Podcast. I'm Jay Johnson, and today we're talking to Devin Devereaux. Good afternoon. We'd left off on interest rates and really what those do as a combination factor with inflation. The environment currently is a low interest rate environment Mm -hmm. and an increasingly greater inflationary environment. For any dollars that are sitting in retirement accounts, you know, whether you're in or outside the military, you want to put those dollars to work and make sure that they're actually invested correctly. And the unique thing to dovetail into the piece that we were talking about there's so many great defaults that are set up through the military, for instance, like TSP or SGLI, the life insurance or VGLI when you transition. But very few people know what to do with those when they yeah. get a hold of them. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, I got this. I'm saving money in this account. We just audited a TSP here, you know, in the last 48 hours. And there's $100,000 sitting in the TSP. It's all in the G fund. It's uh, getting 0% brutal. growth rate. This person's brutal. in their early 30s. They um, cannot touch this money for 25 plus years. And so it's a smart individual, you know, uh, you know, it's a smart yeah. individual and it's just like, you know, it's, when you say smart, it doesn't have any bearing as to whether or not they're making proper decisions on what to do with their money. And this person, I would say is a very smart person. I'm trying to think of it. He's a nuclear sub guy. Yeah. Those guys are pretty smart. <laughs> we'll say yeah. they're pretty smart and he knows about finance, but it's just some of the things, if you're not working with a team, they just don't get done. Well, also every, every person only has so much bandwidth to track what's going on in their life. And you, I mean, I think it's good for everyone to have at least a general understanding of everything, the best that they can, but then you, you really do yourself a disservice by not turning over the things that, you know, you don't do best to people who do. And also people, again, back to the understand your goals, because for instance, the beginning of last year, same thing last year, um, because I knew I wanted to purchase this year. Uh, we had a conversation early on because, you know, that I had some, you know, we built back up and I had some cash and, and I felt dumb leaving it in a checking account, but we had that discussion because I wanted to purchase like in the next few months, you know, I was looking for what I was looking for and like in all the different little factors, like election years and all that, you know, stuff that, that impacts things. We decided not to put that cash into something because I was going to utilize it right away. Right. So that segment of capital had already been accounted for in the time horizon that you were looking to utilize those dollars did not correlate with the amount of risk that you might've taken on to gain a dollar or percent or 2% or whatever that might be. Exactly. And over time it would have been great because I mean, we would have probably just stacked it with what I already have with you guys, which performed very well. You guys did, you know, I, I'll be honest, I don't even know what it's in because I don't have to know. And that's the great part of once you build up that trust in the team, I I just look and see that it's doing well. And, you know, and I 
probably only do that like once a quarter or so I look and go, Oh, cool. It's, it's steadily going up. But uh, like you said, knowing what my goal was, my immediate goal, like, you know, say in the 90 day goal, looking back at it too. Now it was just fortunate because no idea what COVID was going to, you know, that COVID was going to hit the way it was when we made that decision, but you know, everything went crazy for a bit. So if I needed that money right at that time and it were in a big down, you know, so it comes back to that planning of, we knew that, Hey, I was looking to, to, you know, utilize that money for a different investment. It's a great example. Let's get in touch with your goals. Forget that this happens over here. If we could get in touch with your goals, usually it's the correct decision. Right, right. And keep making money on the other money I have, which is good. Yeah. So keep doing that, right. that, that would be yeah. great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, that's, and done dollars, really well. you know, just to add on you yeah. know, for any of the listeners here, those dollars that Jay is talking about, the other dollars, those are in retirement accounts. And, you know, right. there are retirement yeah. accounts that we can't touch to age 59 and a half. And right. so uh, as you get closer to that age, we'll be figuring out how to reallocate those dollars if you need access to them. If not, we're going to continue to let them stack and compound. Now, some of the intermediary, you know, change over the years might be from an asset allocation. Maybe we emphasize international at some point more than, you know, a domestic holding, et cetera. And from an asset allocation standpoint, but the fundamental goal has not changed. We're accumulating wealth for the next, you know, really 15 to 20 plus years. Right. And so that's totally different than a short run investment account that might be utilized for a year or two or three to go and build and, increase right the dollar mm-hmm. amount so that somebody could get an entry point into a property as a down payment as an example right totally different time horizon totally different risk that somebody might be willing to take for those different dollars and that's so crucial you know somebody says i want to grow i want to grow money yep got it let's get a little bit deeper than that <laughs> yeah. let's talk about <laughs> measurable and doable let's, let's talk right. a little bit about this yeah and it is a stacking effect because, you know, we've got, you know, just a few things going with mine, but when you add up the things that you're doing, if you are working within your own team structure of, you know, like tax planning is, you know, uh, this piece of it, financial planning, this piece, as far as retirement account, this much as far as growth, this much in yeah. your business, this much in passive income. To me, the, right. to, to me, the play is, Hey, if I'm making little bit, I don't have to make a ton of money in any one thing. If I'm making okay money, you know, not, I mean, honestly, most things have outperformed what I would expect, but even if it were just okay money from 10 different sources, you're you're good because, uh, you know, even COVID doesn't knock out 10 different income sources. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, Jay, I I love it. Some of the, the business owners that are on track in our wheelhouse, you know, in our client uh, base, I, I see some of these business owners have multiple lines of income and mm-hmm. we actually identify as a team over here. When we work with a client with five or more income streams, they uh-huh. get a little star next to them uh-huh. because with five uh-huh. or more income streams, there might be times from a tax planning standpoint, lean into standpoint of developing those businesses where we come in and say, Hey, you know, you might want to focus on this because it looks like this over here and this is what we could do. And so there ends up being more that you could work with, you know, when somebody has multiple lines of income and revenue streams there, and they may not be, you know, the one juggernaut. I like the idea of having three or four different income streams rather than the one juggernaut that comes in solely because if there is a pandemic of sorts. You never know if that pandemic's going to crush that one juggernaut income stream. Maybe right. the other streams then become more valuable during that 
that opportunity, you know, exactly. during a pandemic situation. It, and it, and it really did kind of work out that way this year, yeah. you know, that's when, right. Yeah. Down, Case it, point, it's like, well, actually it worked. <laughs> yeah. It worked, worked pretty well this year. Uh, but no, that is huge. And, and uh, obviously I'm not a financial advisor and that's the first thing I tell me when they ask about things, especially usually when I'm talking about this, it's uh, someone talking about being a first time home buyer or getting into investing in real estate and stuff. And if it's like a first time investor, a first time buyer, like just the super simple point of what we were talking about. I usually just utilize a cash flow quadrant, you know, from, you know, the Kiyosaki book. So it just like, cause it's such a simple way to look and go like, Hey, this is your overall, like look towards something like that. This is where you're trying to get to from like, you have a job, you want this income, this income back right. to stack in those five, six, seven different uh, streams of income. Because I just think that that is, it's just common sense really. Yeah, but they illustrate it so well in the book. It's such a good point. And for the listeners out there, you know, Jay is talking about a Robert Kiyosaki book. And he, I believe you're referencing a book, a classic book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. mm -hmm. where it breaks things out into quadrants. And there's many editions. You could go get whatever the latest edition is and work on it. But you probably don't want to do it if you've been catching this podcast. You probably don't want to do it on Audible. You probably want to actually get the book because it's yeah. a workbook. That's a reader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, a reader, reader, reader for sure. A lot of graphs and stuff. Book, yeah. Very much so. But yeah, that's a, that's a great point. And, you know, I think also uh, in my experience in working with you, you know, and getting to know you as a person, just like I'm not in the real estate profession, if I could become, and you're not in the financial advising, let's say classically put, you know, it's not like the hat that you wear every day. Yeah. However, if you could be well-versed and understand those areas to a degree on how to integrate with them, mm -hmm. well, then all of a sudden you're really valuable as a part of a team. And right. so when I refer business out to real estate professionals, right, I always have great confidence when there's, you know, somebody that I think would connect well with your personality to mm -hmm. say, Hey, here's three guys that do this, you know, really well here in San Diego. Right. I think that you'd really connect well with this person. I already mm -hmm. have the confidence that you're able to, look at that lens in a broader picture than your own profession, which is so crucial in teamwork. If you're just myopically focused in one area, you know, it's like financial planning. It's like, okay, Devin, like you just keep all the dollars over here and nobody's ever going to use them to buy homes or go in retirement. You're just, you know, collecting assets under management over here. It's like, okay, well, hold on. That's not actually what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> what we're yeah. doing is we're collecting assets under management to actually distribute. I mean, can you imagine, you know, we just keep all the money over here and nobody ever uses the money. It's like, well, no, no, it's actually meant to accumulate wealth over here so that we could push it back to you so that you could do something with it. Right. Yeah, it could be a holding tank for X period of time, but we have to understand what somebody's going to use it for and have to have some ability to connect if somebody wants to purchase a property on right. how to execute that entire process. This is just only a small piece over here that we're really, really, you know, knowledgeable and good at. The larger picture is getting that into an actual, in this example, physical property where right. there's a family living in this property, you know, and, and growing their lives. So it's a, hopefully it's a with the process, view, hopefully with the view, like the one you have there. Yeah. Jay helped us buy this place, by the way, we're right <laughs> on the water here in Del Mar. Dude, what a, what a, down the street. What a great view. What a great view. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little yeah. bit jealous. I, yeah. I, I kind of want to backtrack a bit. One thing that you said earlier too, that when we were just now talking about the TSP, it kind of took me back to, well, two things. Yeah. One, people realizing, and, and then this is where they would talk to someone like yourself, that when they are like, say, leaving the military or at any point when 
you know, you can't touch that money without penalty, but it doesn't mean you can't reallocate it. And doesn't mean you can't shift it Big into point. a different account, which that's where someone like yourself comes into play as well to work with that, that person's plan to move that money into either something else in TSP that'll make better money at that time or yes. to something outside of TSP to another retirement account because they can roll that into something else that may be more beneficial for their goals. Yes, uh, exactly right. And just to, to um, dive into that point a little bit more detail, you know, if there are listeners out there that need help that are still in the military, we will not be moving any accounts and you shouldn't move any accounts, you know, and any financial advisor you work with, don't move any accounts if you're in the military. It'll be a nightmare. Just stay away from that. But if you are in the military right now, the likelihood is, is that you probably want to dive into an asset allocation change or update at least and a good understanding at the very least an audit on where you're at. Because right now, if you've entered the military within the last three years, and probably it's closer to five now, Jay, you might know this, but there's no pension anymore. Okay. Yeah, so there's a, it's a blended yeah. retirement package. And so what that means is now your TSP is more valuable than it was for the past 30 years because the company, in this case, the military, but in the private sector, it's the company, they're kicking you down free money in the form of a match. Yeah. And it says, if you dump this amount in, call 5%, 6%, you get 3 or 4%. So that's very similar to private sector planning yeah. and actually is the, the mainstay within private sector planning. You contribute 6%, you get 3%. You contribute 4%, you get 2%. Match structures are blended retirement, as they call it, mm -hmm. in the TSP platform. So there is a lot of money flowing right. into those TSPs, whether people realize it or not, whether right. they're dumping money into it. And if you have that money going into that account, you know you really want to consider making sure that that's invested in that exact account as optimally as possible based on your time horizon and risk tolerance. And then if you're out of the military, what to do with that TSP, that is equally, if not more, as yeah. important to get invested correctly. You don't want to miss out on a year like we had 2020, right. where we're seeing accounts up 20, 30%, even yeah. after a downturn, like a 30% dip in March. You don't yeah. want to miss out on those intervals over the next 20 years. No way. Well, I, I think the blended retirement plan with that, it's even more important, I think, more yeah. crucial to get professional, like as you accumulate in there, 100%. To get that professional assessment, if you will, because what that gives people now that are in, like before, like when I was, you know, when I started, you retired or you didn't. That was, you know, you didn't get anything else. So if you didn't retire, you didn't get anything from the government, right? Like, there wasn't like a participation uh, separate yeah. check or something like that. <laughs> There's no participation for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, 15 years you get nothing, right? right. Well, now, well, one thing, and I've, I think I've mentioned it on here before, one thing that made my time more enjoyable, I believe, is I never felt trapped because, and it was accidental, uh, you know, we've yeah. talked about that accidental that I got into, you know, investing some properties and stuff, but it right. just even a small bit of extra income kind of gives you that freedom to live uh, a little more the way you want. And also I never felt trapped that I needed to continue going. Like at any point, if I didn't, if I wasn't enjoying what I was doing, I could leave, you know, at the end of that contract yeah. and go do something else. So I think just the freedom that, and, and that was accidental. I was fortunate. Uh, I didn't plan properly, but for people now that have with the blended retirement plan, if they, if they work with professionals like yourself and plan early, 
you're going to have that freedom as well, because you're going to be maximizing what, what you're, you know, what is given to you or what is allocated to you. And that does give that freedom because you can, like, if you get to a point and you're, I would rather do an X, Y, or Z at my 10 year point, you can walk away and have something to take with you to fund that next step or whatever the case is. Or if you do stay till retirement, cool, you've made even more money because you've done things properly, invested properly for your whole time. So it's a win-win if you get that structure. I totally agree. For the average person, it's a much better deal. Mm -hmm. And to the point of the freedom that you're talking about, there's, it's unquestionable that you have more freedom to be able to do what you want professionally with that blended retirement strategy than rather than trying to lock it away for 20 years in the military and just put your, you know, nose, the grindstone and bury your head. And you may not like what you're doing. And you're like, I'm doing this for what I'm doing it for money. Yeah. You know, at least you could walk with those dollars and then pursue whatever is next in your life, you know, mm-hmm. similar to what you had set up for yourself with, you know, without the blended retirement, really backing into that freedom. Um, Mm -hmm. and having that mentality because you had worked on investments outside and and you weren't held, you know, to the 20 year. And and by the way, you know, for those people, you know, who are, are in that pension space still right now, you know, just to talk to those people, that 20 year is really, really valuable. And so depending Mm -hmm. on where you're at, oftentimes when we meet somebody who's in the 15 year marker, you know, let's just say in that bandwidth, they're not, they don't have the option of blended retirement. They're right chasing that 20 year pension through the military, mm-hmm. typically we're taking a goal assessment and understanding how, first of all, tough is it going to be for you to commit to those next five years? Number right. one. And then number two, but equally as important oftentimes is where are things at politically speaking <laughs> within right. your current juncture within the military, because yeah. you might want to do it, but maybe that's not doable for your family, right? Maybe it's not doable because of the colleagues, you know, the superiors, et cetera, the political nature of any business. And it's right. no doubt there in the military as well as we experience. So those, those one, two punch conversations to figure out, okay, if you're chasing that 20 year pension, how could we put blinders on if possible yeah. to figure out how to accomplish that? Because what we don't want to do if we could help it is walk at 17 years, knowing that we might be able to stomach another three years. And if things look the same for you in three years going into the private sector, can your family get on board with this? Because it would do X amount to the retirement. And when you Mm -hmm. put that in scope of planning and say, you're going to get this income stream or you're not going to get this income stream, maybe people get their act together and change their tune mathematically and say, okay, actually that is more valuable for me to stay in for these three years. Because I'm going to need to save a lot more (laughs) if I walk away right now in my retirement. And that's going to be pretty scary. So it's not that we try and coach on people to stay in at 15 years, but we do try and mathematically express what that's going to look like over time with inflation and what the opportunity costs is if they do make that decision to leave, they know what they need to save to actually make that difference up, which could be scary, but it's not not doable. It's doable. Right. And educated decisions, like it's hard to not win when you have the educated decision as opposed to a coin toss, which I've made many that way. And yeah, and sometimes <laughs> those work out too. And those are, you know, it saves some time. Uh, the yeah, like 50% end. of the time, right? My coin toss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The stats never change. It's like, right. I know I, 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 I spun heads a hundred times in a row. I got to spin, you know, tails this time around. It's like, no, you have a 50, 50 chance. Still statistic shows still 50, 50. Exactly. Exactly. One more. And again, this is a little bit different subject, but, uh, kind of, uh, 
I remembered from when we were talking the life insurance part, one of the things, other things to people that are getting close to thinking about getting out or whatever, get educated on the life insurance part before as well. Um, As Devin knows, I didn't do that after I had gotten out and you've done all of your exit physicals and all that good stuff. So especially if you've been in for quite a while and you've been banged up or, you know, having these things, uh, you kind of want to get this physical, you want to get your life insurance physical prior to all these things being found out or even prior to injuries happening or whatever the case is to be able to get your best rates. Um, so I definitely recommend don't wait until after your, your exit physicals, your disability physicals and stuff like that to, to to get into it. Yeah. The disability ratings that inherently come with people exiting the military, you want to talk to a professional about your insurance planning before you go chase after that disability rating. Seriously, I echo what Jay says, you know, 100%. And whether you need life insurance or not, everybody in the military gets SGLI. So they get $400,000 of term life insurance. What is term life insurance? It means that you have a rental policy over your head for the time that you are in the military. And you get a chance to move that rental policy to VGLI, veterans insurance, after you leave. Typically speaking, moving to the VGLI uh, phase of that life insurance planning, typically speaking for all those listeners out there, is not going to be the most valuable strategy as a default. Right. Why do I say that? Well, you got that life insurance for free. And maybe you got it at 20, 25, 30 years old when you got into the military. Right. When you get out, they're going to rate you just like you know a typical insurance company would. But you got that for free in the SGLI space while you were in the military. Right. Look around. There are many people in the military who should not have gotten that for free. They should have been rated or maybe they shouldn't have gotten it all. That right. cost, in effect, is going to be pushed on to when you move out of the military and you go and finance your insurance to veterans, VGL life insurance. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to play the averages and get into an average cost, you know, with life insurance, well, the VGLI might be a a recommended solution. And for those out there that are very poor health, that might actually be valuable. Right. But for those that are middle of the road or better, typically you want to do your insurance planning privately and either work on renting a term policy that is your own, that's portable, Right. personal or owning the insurance outright, which is permanent life insurance. And that's typically what we work on structuring either a hybrid of term and permanent, right. but eventually you want to own that life insurance outright. It's yeah. the same as, you know, renting versus owning a house Yeah. over yeah. time. Typically speaking, you yeah. want to own something. You don't right. want to rent into perpetuity uh, and not have all the great tax benefits, et cetera, equity inside the property, dot, 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 a roof over your head permanently. Life mm-hmm. insurance is no different. Permanent life insurance gives you a roof over your head permanently. And if you're able to finance those rates in the private sector when you get out, prior to getting some of those disability claims or working with VGLI, the veteran's life insurance, that is, it's likely going to be a road that's more fruitful for you over time to explore as soon as you get out or slightly before, you know, yeah. you know that you're getting out. Yeah. And, and again, this gets, uh, talking to someone like yourself helps make that plan because again, back to my, you know, I mean, right. yeah. back to me, uh, like what you guys did for, for mine was you knew my goal. So we went to, you know, my plan was so that it, 
I still build up equity that I can borrow from if I need. So, and essentially just like the income of having different baskets of income, right? Different funnels of income to stack up. Now we've created different pots of money, if you will, that are being leveraged for something to my benefit that I can then That's draw right. from if I find like I come upon, uh, upon an investment that I really want to do, like a great home investment or something I can borrow from myself to do so. So I, I just really like that. That's kind of, uh, I think what sold me on that was, and again, it went back to you structuring what fit my needs or wants and having something that cool, I can just accumulate, still have the insurance, you know, obviously tax planning came to a lot of the things that we did. And then also, you know, down the road, like, cool, that's a safe place that money is sitting now accumulating for me to be able to borrow for a property if I wanted or a renovation for a property or any, anything like that, that then you just pay back and do it yourself, you know? Uh, so just okay. having those options to me is huge. So again, all of this just goes back to that planning and talking to the right people to structure your plan so that you can execute it. You know, so it actually yeah. does get executed, I guess I should say. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, again, what Jay is talking about there, just with respect to permanent life insurance, mm -hmm. there are two types. One is just as a reinforcement there. One is not right or wrong, by the way. Mm -hmm. Term, it's to your point, they're different for different situations, but right. term is analogous to renting a house. You get okay. coverage over your head for a term of time, term life insurance, mm -hmm. and you pay into it. And it's relatively inexpensive. You could get a lot of roof coverage over your head for a very little amount of premium or outlay monetarily right. get a lot of coverage but you don't own that house and at some point the term runs out you don't build any equity in the house mm -hmm. so it purely is an insurance it's renting coverage right permanent life insurance which jay is talking about right now you own that house as the analogy goes so you got a roof over your head permanently <laughs> you know right. you die before age 65 you're going to die afterwards. And so right. that might be important for somebody and that importance of the death benefit might change over time, depending on how much debt you, you know, incur in your life, mm -hmm. you know, legacy planning, et cetera. There's many reasons to finance that insurance component while you're young, but specifically for accumulating wealth, when you own a permanent life insurance contract and not all contracts are designed or created equally, Right. Different insurance companies are different and better and worse. But a permanent life insurance contract for those out there to understand the, the actual nuts and bolts, that is when you have that roof over your head, and we'll call that the insurance. Right. That roof does not go away. All the meanwhile, though, from an accumulation standpoint, not death benefit or roof coverage, you are building equity inside that policy, just like a house. Right now, the great thing is, is the equity, because life insurance is a very old instrument, the equity that builds inside. And by the way, when I say old instrument, life insurance companies, strong ones predate the stock market in the United States by over 50 years. So life insurance companies have been around long before the stock market's been around in the United States and actually long before. Uh, in some ways, the tax code in its current format, that system has been established. So there are many benefits of life insurance that are baked in <laughs> to the planning that are very, very beneficial for people. For instance, one of them is the death benefit is paid out tax-free, mm -hmm. that roof over your head. But the equity that grows inside the policy compounds like a retirement account. You could tie it to the stock market or you could tie it outside the stock market and you could have a safe segment of your money compounding and growing. Right. Now, the great thing within life insurance 
you can borrow that money outside of the life insurance policy without any penalty. Hmm. And if properly designed, you can do that tax advantageously. Right. You cannot do that over time with other retirement accounts, insert IRA, 401k, right. TSP. That right. is not doable. Right. Okay. So the great thing is whether you're a business owner or not, if we could take dollars that would otherwise sit in cash and generate zero, but really negative growth rate because of inflation, and we could position those dollars in an account that yes, gives you some coverage over your head if you need it, but also from an accumulation standpoint, maybe for some people equally as important, myself included, mm-hmm. I want to grow wealth and accumulate wealth in a guaranteed fashion right. that is above and beyond the interest rate conversation at 0% right now. That is not suitable for me. Right. So if I could structure a 5%, for instance, tax-free compounding growth rate, that is a win for the dollars that are safer dollars in my life. Because if I run into a bind in my business, rather than going pulling from IRAs or taking money out of the stock market, which could be up or down, I have built a safety net that yields a greater amount compounding than otherwise would have sat in cash. And I could access that wealth at any point, whether it be to your point, to work on property investment or whether it was to make payroll. We had multiple clients this year tap the equity in their life insurance. And it's called cash value, by the way, for the listeners out there, uh, equity is interchangeably within the life insurance policy used as cash value. Okay. So when you borrow from a life insurance policy, oftentimes people will say, well, uh, let's take a a distribution or let's borrow from the cash value within the policy. We had many clients, you know, to the tune of double digit numbers this year, borrow from life insurance policies, take the money out tax-free, no penalty, make payroll. Right. They did that not because they didn't have other investments. They did not want to touch the other investments that had tax and penalty and yes. market volatility tied to them. And they didn't want to go sell a property, right? <laughs> to come right. up with cash to pay payroll. Right. Now, the great thing is within these life insurance policies, now that we got through the cash flow crunch, you know, and say these businesses are back, we just go pay that money back to the life insurance policy and the interest goes back to you. Mm-hmm. That is a great segment within the strategy of wealth building and accumulating wealth, let alone protecting, right, from an insurance standpoint. So there's a lot of, of, of wins there potentially in proper insurance planning design and diagnosing in certain situations. Yeah. I, I think that that kind of leads me to that point that, you know, we think of emergency accounts and stuff like that. And I think there's, yeah. there's, there's, a place for most everything, but if you can put it in a way that's growing and you can without penalty take from that, that's to me is that, you know, Hey, there's your emergency account. Like you're saying, right. like you can, if you can take from that and pay yourself back versus paying a bank interest back or putting in an account in the bank that doesn't make interest and it is subject to inflation. Right. right it's yeah, those little things again, add up. I think it's the little couple percent here, couple percent here, couple percent here that over those five, six, seven, eight funnels of income or investment really add up. Right. Very much so. And that slight tweak on optimizing each one of those little quadrants or areas, as you've you know talked about, right. That's really the crucial piece, you know, so for the safer dollars, how do we optimize that solution? And right now, you know, it's very hard to optimize safe dollars because the interest yeah. rates are so low. Yeah. You know, we had somebody come in here at the beginning of the year and um, they had CDs rolling over. 
And there was about a half a million dollars sitting in CDs. And this, you know, client is in their um, early sixties, the late sixties, they're still working uh, the couple that is, they're both still working. And they said, well, um, we can get 2% on the CD. Jay, it's 2% over three years. <laughs> I said, right. it's not 2% every year. Right. That's 2% divided by three, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's not a percent every year. Yeah. And I actually think that that's, it's probably a thing of the past. I don't think that those rates are even there right now, you know? Yeah. So it's like over three years, are you okay with getting 0% when inflation is moving at negative three or four or 5%? How do we optimize those dollars? Right. What is the solution around that? Those are different than the retirement dollars are different right. than the three to five year money, you know, or five yes. to 10 year money that might be utilized for a down, down payment or starting a business, you know, sending yeah. a little Susie to school in 15 years, whatever. Right. It yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and that, again, these are things that I, I wish I, I should have started a podcast way before I had a business because it's given me reasons to reach out and talk to people that are really smart and the things I'm not. Yeah, so maybe I should have done this twenty I'm years ago. That too, right? Yeah, I'm realizing <laughs> that too. With some of these podcasts, I mean, I've jotted down a half a page of notes. You know, when the intermission mm -hmm. that we took, I took down probably about five talking point ideas that were great out of this conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I know that this this format of podcast really does elicit and get some of the best information free flowing out without a filter. And I think that that's a unique experience in itself because there's so right. much that you could cover over this period in this format that you would never get. And, you know, film work that we've done in the past where we get bite-sized 30 seconds, 60 seconds, there's value in that. But this is so much more deep in terms of somebody being able to listen to this and say, okay, all right, I got this. This was enough for me to understand the bare right. bones and that I could become uh, really part of a larger team. You right. know, if I'm working towards this goal here, I don't have to become the expert. And typically the clients that we work with, they're smart enough to be the expert. They don't have the time, nor do they want to allocate the time to be an expert in my space or your space. Right. I mean, that's not what they want to do with their 2.5 hours on the weekend, you know, that right. they have to themselves. <laughs> that's, that's not the best use of their time, typically speaking. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, tr I trusted you when we, when we started working together and um, gosh, it was this year, I finally got around to, I mean, what we were like two and a half years in to trying to understand like what the life insurance was. I was like, okay, it's making money and it looks right. <laughs> so I set up a call. Devin, like, I don't know, it's probably been like five months ago now or like, something. Why are we doing this again? Yeah. yeah. And like, Hey, yeah, let's, now that we've been in this a while, explain to me like what this really yeah. means. And, uh, you know, Hey, I think a good I, review and check on your planning is crucial because sometimes we forget directionally. Why are we doing this? Why are we right. saving money into an account like a TSP? You know, mm -hmm. when we can't touch this for 30 years and we want to buy a property right now, why don't we yeah. save money in a short run account? Why are we jumping money into life insurance? You know, what are yeah. the reasons why we're doing this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, and you know, you do my reviews with me and, and up until that point, you know, and again, it comes down to bandwidth. I'm like thinking 50 yeah. and then you check in with me, we have coffee or something and you're like, here's the status of the stuff. And I'm like, cool, it's going in the right direction. And then, just, <laughs> you know, you get to a certain point and maybe it's cause I'm locked in at home for so long. I'm like, Oh, cool. Maybe I should like figure out how this works now. Cause people would ask yeah. me and, and yeah. all I could do is like, Hey, here, let oh, me give you point. Devin's yeah. number. But I'd like to be able, at least be able to say like, Oh, well, this is what I'm doing here. Talk to Devin, you know, but I couldn't, yeah. I was just like, it's working. That's all I know. Um, yeah. like, <laughs> but, Oh, good answer. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, right. Yeah, I love that answer. It's working. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all that matters. Hey, Devin, man, I really appreciate you taking the time away from your, uh, oh, your there. 
This has been uh, what I've been looking forward to all week. I've been, we've been waiting to do this, you know, yeah. I'm so glad that we finally had the opportunity what a great time to embrace it at the new year and start out the year with this. I think that there's been some incredible nuggets that we've covered here today. And I hope that, you know, some of these listeners get some great information from this and perspective on their own lives and how they could work on this, you know, with mm -hmm. or without having somebody, you know, professionally, you know, handle the overarching conversation just to get some perspective and talking and checking points as to what they got going on in their own life right now financially. Absolutely. What would be the best way for people to reach out to you if someone wanted to uh, set up a little talk about some of this stuff? The best way to reach out to us is over our email uh, on Instagram as well. We have an Instagram coffee and finance, coffee and finance. And then also our email d.devril. And I'm sure you'll put it up there at nm.com. And the spelling will be there. Uh, and, you know, you could visit our website and feel free to give us a buzz. But, you know, drop us a DM or, you know, send us an email and we'll schedule a brief in 15 minute conversation and, and give you our best. Any any friend of Jay is a friend of ours for sure. So, you know, when you when you send us an email, say, hey, we're friends of Jay or we know Jay and we'll give you the special special treatment, meaning we'll grill you. You guys are giving everybody treatment, but th you know, thanks yeah. for making me feel special. Yeah, uh, you get some special treatment. It means we're going to be extra hard on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your friends really, oh, got really it. Gonna dig okay, in. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, right. Pull out the balance sheet. Let's see. Let's yeah. See oh God. Man. I really like, have to figure out how to even get into QuickBooks to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, oh, God. but also like if anybody's listening and they, uh, you know, they're driving or something, just, uh, you can hit us up and we'll put you straight in contact with Devin as well. You know, and I think too, for many of the friends and family and clients that are, are going to be tuning into this, who, you know, are, are in my world and know me as well. You know, mm -hmm. I've been working with Jay for now five years almost. I mean, maybe it's four years and working with Jay and his team and, for the clients of ours out there, friends and family that are looking to get into real estate, you know, some of you might already know Jason, you already follow him, but let us know how we could facilitate this introduction as well. Uh, because I think for many people here, whether they're military or not, but this is a special shout out to all the military clients that we work with, work with somebody who is an expert at doing what you want to accomplish. And if you have a VA loan, <laughs> you have the ability, that magic card that please says, yeah, please use this 0% card. That is an opportunity to get into a spot and talk to an expert on how to maximize that. Yeah. And unless you do that, you're going to take some of those losses on the chin in my experience mm -hmm. in trying to get into a property by shaving off a point here or there and doing that. Forget that. It's not yeah. valuable. See the forest through the trees go talk with somebody who knows what to do in that space because uh, it is one of the biggest gifts, you know, whether you're active duty or not, it's a gift to have a 0% down playing card. I mean, you're, you're operating with jokers in the deck. It's amazing. It, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the best. It doesn't get better than that. No, it doesn't. And I, I definitely feel fortunate and I've used mine several times and plan to use it right. several more. Right. Um, right. It, it really is. That's probably, I would say the best benefit I got from the military, you know, as far as financial or, or any kind of incentive like that. It's some of the best conversations sure. that I've had around the nuances of using VA loans. When I get questions from clients is me reaching out to you as an expert, as part of the team to say, Hey, does this work? Does that make sense if they want to do X, Y, and Z in this state or that state? 
you know, right. whether you're even working in the country, you know, even people, yeah. you know, overseas are looking at this stuff Yeah, it, to have you on board as a talking head that I trust and that, that I know, you know, that you've done some of these things. It's not just you're superficially talking about them within the tax code system and said, Oh right. yeah, this is potentially done. That's totally yeah. different than practically actually being able to do mm-hmm. that and see and execute the process through totally different. You know, I studied economics in school and I came into this business in 2008. I wrote my thesis on IRAs, but I got into this business. I didn't know how to start an IRA. (laughs) You know, it's like I spent four years thinking about this, but I'm like, wait, wait, where do we go to open up this account? Like again? So, I mean, the, the system and understanding that within the tax code Mm -hmm. in real estate is totally different than actually executing and making that process become a reality. So I would highly encourage all those out there, military or not, Drop JLI, and if you're thinking about purchasing property, this is the best time in our nation's history. Not necessarily from a price point everywhere, but mm-hmm. from an interest rate standpoint, yeah, this is the best time, right. singular best time in our nation's history to ever think about financing debt with respect to property or any financing of debt. These yeah. are the lowest interest rates that we have ever had, ever. To the point that I'm not going to maximize again, my tax deductions this year to make sure I have the strongest position I can to buy as much property as I can this year. Cause we don't know what it would be the following year. I mean, right. it still would be, I'm sure a great time to buy the following year. It's always good to get into something, but if I can right. get in when it's the, you know, the lowest leverage to the, my borrowed money, then I'll do everything I can. You know what I mean? Keep- uh, yes. And who knows where the federal reserve mm-hmm. is going to position or change their policy or principle they've said till 2023, but they change at the drop of a quarter and that's how interest rates work. And although they happen very slowly, if they start to Mm -hmm. increase that a quarter percent, the interest rates, which are by the way, at zero to 0.1% today. And we're talking at the beginning of the year in 2021, they will never get lower than this. They will get higher eventually, whether that's one year from now, six months from now, or a quarter from now, nobody really knows. They've said over the next couple of years, you know, they'll slowly let that gas valve loose. But for those that are already thinking about that, especially for the ones out there that are thinking about getting a property and staying in it for a period of time, in my opinion, those mm-hmm. interest rate conversations, you want to finance that price is less of a, a, a yes. point in your decision-making. It yeah. is very, very yeah. small price could go mm-hmm. up or down just like the stock market. But if you don't plan on selling and the market dips yeah, by 20%, doesn't it doesn't matter. You no. financed it, the debt at the percentage that was the lowest in the nation's history. That yeah. is what matters over 50 years, everybody. Because if you take a half million dollar property and you finance it at 5%, by the time you get on a 30 year mortgage, 30 years later, mm-hmm. you've spent over a million dollars on the house. Right. Think if you could do that at 0%. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a game changer. The price what, point doesn't matter anymore. Finally, we is what matters. Yeah. We were at, um, what, two years ago, right around this time, two years ago, we had just hit five, you know, creeped over 5% um, for, yeah. for the standard mortgage. Right. And, right. It's funny, uh, a couple friends had hit me up and like, oh my God, what's this going to do for your business? You know, like are your investments and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, my first, the first property I bought was at 10 and a half percent. You know, I was wow. like 22 years. I'm like, it was horrible rates, but that's what it was. And you know what happened? I made money. 
So it, it really comes down to how much you make, you know, a good investment's a good investment. Yeah. You know, not all of mine have been good investments, but for right. instance, that rate was 10 and a half percent and I made money. So if I'd have made that same investment at two and a right, right now, a VA 30 year loan, you can get for two and a quarter percent. It's insane. Yeah. So the difference in your, like, you know, you've just cut your operating costs, especially if it's an investment by, you know, like what here now the state, I mean, you're basically at a $700,000, you know, I mean, it's a little bit under that, but the average price with San Diego County is around almost $700,000. So just round to that. And if you're the difference between two and a half and 5% is hundreds of thousands over the it's period of time. Hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. So yeah, all good points, man. I, I definitely appreciate it. Appreciate you coming and taking the time away from surfing there because the surf looks great right now. So <laughs> it is great. Once the market closes, we'll see where the tides are at. I might might be catching the tail end of the swell here today. <laughs> right on. And I took down some notes as well because I've got some follow-up stuff I want to follow with you on and maybe some stuff Great. we share to everyone at another time as well. Love to reconnect on some of those. I think I have a few of those talking points as well. Perfect. Perfect. Well, hey, thanks again, Devin. I really appreciate it. Likewise, Jay. Thank you very much.